Welcome to the show about your kid's secret life, an inside peek at what today's kids are really doing online and with technology. Each week, you'll hear the latest trends and get tips to keep them safe while keeping your sanity. So here are your hosts, cybersecurity experts, best-selling authors, and parents of four teens, Lisa and Chris Good. Hey everyone, welcome to the show that lets you see behind the curtain of what today's kids are doing with technology. I'm your host, Lisa Good. Another week, another TikTok challenge. Sometimes I wish these kids would come up with some TikTok challenges that actually benefited society. You know, maybe a deliver food to your elderly neighbors challenge or a reading to the blind challenge instead of these dangerous, outrageous ones. But I digress. Well, are you ready for one of the newest challenges? Now, this one doesn't officially have a name that I've seen of as of yet, but it's teens dressing up as senior citizens to buy booze. What? Well, I mean, really, just think about it. With the mask mandates all across the country, right now is the best time for teens to buy alcohol with a fake ID. I mean, if they look old enough and the dress is spot on and they have a mask on and an ID, who's really going to question them? Now, believe it or not, there are videos of teens dressing up with a headscarf. Um, some of them have on like a fake gray wig and they all have on mature clothing, not the clothes that they normally wear. And these videos show them going into the liquor store and coming back out with beer, wine, and other hard liquor. And then they post a victory dance video with, with them dancing and holding the alcohol in their hand. This is all on TikTok, honest. Now these kids are so bold and proud of themselves. They think they won't get caught. Now, I'm just gonna let you know that as fast as these, as fast as these videos are going up, they're coming down or they're being made private. And I believe that's because people, really adults like me, are commenting on the possible legal ramifications, um, the possible consequences if they're trying to get into college, and the other consequence of, you know, going to jail or having their driver's license revoked, depending on what state they live in. Now, I've also seen comments from what I'm guessing is younger kids their age saying, you know, if you keep posting these videos and they're public, you're going to attract news and then they're going to pick up on this story and the store owners are going to be on the lookout and that's going to ruin the rest of our summer fun and booze run options. I mean, like, no joke, I've seen those comments. So with all of that, I'm hopeful that this trend will be gone sooner than later. But if you have high school age kids, it's still one you need to know about. Then, in a past episode, we've talked about the nutmeg challenge. And again, this is on TikTok. It's where kids eat two to four tablespoons of nutmeg with water or milk. You see, supposedly ingesting that much nutmeg can get you high or give you the same feeling, so the TikTokers say. However, as we mentioned, it's dangerous and can lead to a coma or death in some cases. Well, there's a new you can get high at home with what's in your house challenge. Ready? It's called the Benadryl challenge. Yep, Benadryl. According to the TikTok videos about this challenge, 
taking at least a dozen Benadryl pills will give you hallucinations and give you that super high feeling. That's what they say. Um, yeah, sounds crazy, I know. However, in Texas, there have already been three overdose cases in a week from this challenge. The youngest patient was 14 years old and she had a resting heart rate of 199. Now, thankfully, all three of these young people are okay. They had to stay overnight in the hospital. But here's the thing. All of the parents had no idea of what their kids were watching. And every parent that's on record said, and I quote, I can't believe that my daughter or my son would even try such a thing. They are smarter than that. Yeah, part of me wants to go, and what kind of stuff did you do when you were a teenager? Okay, maybe not that, but I'm sure you did some stupid stuff too. Now, here are some things you may want to bring up with your kids if you're going to talk about this challenge. Yes, taking a large quantity of Benadryl will absolutely give them hallucinations and a high feeling. However, it will also cause their heart rate to spike and trigger arrhythmias, bring on seizures, and the best part, it will require them to have a catheter at the hospital because taking that much Benadryl stops the body from being able to go to the bathroom. And the doctors say that in some cases, this can cause permanent heart damage. As well as, they could also lose their sight as Benadryl blocks the part of the nervous system that is responsible for tear production and eye function. Now, the reason for that is because Benadryl is made to combat allergies. And what's one of the biggest things an allergy sufferer deals with? Watery eyes. Now, honestly, this is not a challenge that you want your kids to participate in. Now, this next TikTok video craze I'm going to talk about isn't a challenge. This is actually a heads up to parents, especially those who have girls. I have two. Now, just like we've talked about kids using emojis and certain words to mean different things in text messages, you know, like they're using code. Well, kids are now using code words and phrases in TikTok videos, and they don't mean what they're saying. So here's one example that's picked up steam lately with all the stay-at-home mandates and social distancing. Although I'm sure it was all it's always been there, but there's just more kids feeling this way now. It's the phrase, I had pasta tonight. Now, if your kids or one of their friends is using this in their TikTok videos or on any of their other social media, it typically does not mean that they just ate some awesome Alfredo or lasagna. No, it means they are depressed and they're considering suicide. This is now the way that kids are saying they need help without saying, hey, you know what, I'm bummed and I think I'm gonna end it tonight. If you think that this isn't a thing with kids, you may wanna know that there is one young girl whose TikTok video has received over three million likes and 61,000 responses from users trying to lift her spirits and keep her from committing suicide. It makes me so sad as a mom. It, it just breaks my heart. 
if 3 million people have seen this video, I wonder if her parents know. I wonder if they knew before the video went viral that she needed help. Now, in case you're wondering, how in the world did I have pasta tonight get to mean I'm depressed and going to commit suicide? Well, apparently there is a poem written on Wattpad by Hannah Danes called Don't Kill Yourself Today. The poem goes on to give the reader all kind of reasons why they should live. And the poem is actually really, really good. Now, some of the reasons include, don't kill yourself until you tell someone your best pasta recipe. This is where the I had pasta tonight phrase is coming from. There's also, don't kill yourself today because I know for a fact Starbucks is introducing a new Frappuccino sometime next month. Because you know that's a big thing with kids. Kids love Starbucks and most, most of the girls, they drink Frappuccinos. I've seen a few TikTok videos of kids, mostly girls, saying, I've had the new Starbucks Frappuccino, it's the same old thing. Indicating that they are depressed, they're over it, and they're done with life. Now, another one that I've seen, and this is in the poem as well, is don't kill yourself until you finish your shampoo and conditioner at the same time. Because, I mean, think about it. You usually always use your shampoo before you use the conditioner, and then you have to open another shampoo. However, in this case, if you search on TikTok, you'll also find videos with the tagged with, I finished my shampoo and conditioner. These are all videos that are coded and code words for these young kids that mean I'm depressed, um, I'm going to commit suicide, or I'm considering committing suicide. This is why it's so important to be active in your kids' lives. There isn't a monitoring tool out there that's going to alert you about this because they aren't using the words or content that those monitoring tools are set up to look for. And here's the real challenge for these tools. Sure, they can add them when they find out, but by the, by the time they've learned the kids' secret codes, guess what? Your kids are smart, and they will have dropped those codes and moved on to something else. Look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have monitoring tools. You absolutely should. Absolutely, beyond question. However, you shouldn't rely on them to protect your kids. I like to use the analogy of your car. You know, back in the old days, you just kind of locked your car and thought it was safe. But now, you don't do that, right? I know I don't. You lock your car and you arm it with an alarm. You hit the little button because just locking your car isn't enough. That's how it is with kids and technology. Just putting parental controls and some monitoring software on isn't enough. You've got to be involved. Now, before I move on to the next topic, I just want to tell you about Wattpad. And that's like Watt, W-A-T-T, and Pad, P-A-D. So it's basically Wattpad.com. It's a place where kids and young adults can go to write stories, poems, songs, um, I've seen movie scripts on there, books, and basically they can build a fan, a fan base. They have a free version and then they have an ad-free premium version. Now, if you have teenagers, you may wanna check and see if they've heard of it 
or you can check their browsing history to see if they are going there. Now, if they are, you may want to have a look at what they're reading. Obviously, there are some really good stories and poems on the site. I've, I've read some really great stuff, but there's some also some dark and scary stuff. But the biggest thing it will do is it will give you a peek at where your kids may be emotionally without them ever saying a word to you. So, for instance, if you saw that your kid went there and you could see in their history that they were reading this story on, you know, don't kill yourself today, that would be a red flag that you would know, hey, maybe my child is struggling. I need to have a conversation or spend some more time with them without them having to come to you and say anything. So you may want to just check that out. Now, in the past, we've talked about the importance of having your kids watch what they post on social media, including their TikTok videos. And normally when I've talked about this subject, it's been about topics related to nude or inappropriate photos, bullying, or comments that are absolutely racist, whether in relation to the black community, the Jewish community, or the Hispanic community. Well, today I want to mention another new frontier that you as a parent need to be on the lookout for. It's posting about your political views. Now, you would think that that shouldn't matter. However, depending on the college or job your kids hold, it really has always quietly mattered. And what I mean by that is that the views that your kids hold and publicly post about would be held against them, but it would be done in the quiet or in the dark, like in the secret. So they would never know that the post they put up cost them their college admission, the internship, or the job position. However, now in the current environment we all find ourselves in, the, the quiet, the dark, or like in the secret, there is, it's not there anymore. It's all being done out in the open. Now, I'm just going to give you one example from last week. A freshman in college posted on her private TikTok account that she was a Trump supporter, that that's who she was voting for. No comments about race or anything else for that matter. She basically was dancing under a sign, um, a Trump sign, Trump 2020 sign. People immediately started posting hate messages and even death threats against her. Seriously, death threats, because she's choosing to vote for Trump instead of Biden. Now, if that were it, I wouldn't be mentioning this. But as Paul Harvey's radio show always said, now here's the rest of the story, I want to give you the rest of the story and why it matters to you as a parent. So the death threats and the hate comments on TikTok weren't enough. No, no, no. So commenters and people decided that because this girl had a different view from theirs, that she should be punished and not be allowed to attend the college that she was accepted into. People all across the U.S., not just those in her area, contacted the college she was accepted to and demanded that they rescind her acceptance. They even created an Instagram template for others so that they could use that and email the officials at her college. This was in the state of Wisconsin. But don't think it won't happen in Tennessee or Oklahoma or New York or at Georgia. I mean, it can happen anywhere. So basically her admission was temporarily rescinded until the story hit the mainstream news, at which time 
the school reinstated her because, of course, you know, they were brought to task on, wait a second, how can you rescind her admission for her choice of voting for who she wants? Now, here's the thing, guys. If she does go to school there in the fall, I guarantee you they're going to be watching her like a hawk. Her peers and even professors have adamantly indicated she's unwelcome before she even steps foot in the place. She's been branded. She's marked. The students are going to shun her. The faculty's going to flunk her. And the administration will ignore her when she attempts to get justice for herself. She has received debt threats that's, that basically are telling her if she decides that she's going to go to school there, not only are they going to shoot her, but her family as well. Folks, this is insanity. Over a stupid TikTok video of her dancing under a Trump 2020 sign showing who she's voting for. Look, no matter what your political views, you should be asking yourself, since when did one's political leanings make a difference as to whether or not you can attend college? What has happened to the agree to disagree and respect each person's opinions? This would be a much different conversation if her account were full of racist remarks, but it's not. No matter what side of the fence you sit on, freedom of expression is the most fundamental of all rights, and your kids are under attack no matter what they believe. Whether they believe Biden should win or Trump should win, they're under attack for their beliefs and what they post publicly. And right now, in America, anything your kids post online, whether on Instagram, Snapchat, or TikTok, can and will be viewed under a microscope and held against them. And I mean held against them like forever. You have got to be vigilant about social media. There is no more tolerance, none. It's gone, guys. I mean, just gone. I'm, I'm just going to implore you. If you have kids that have social media and you aren't following them and seeing what they're posting and doing, you are leaving their future to the wolves. You need to be on the same platforms they are and you need to be seeing what they're posting all the time. All right, we're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a few with our next topic. Wouldn't it be great to stay up to date without being overwhelmed? It's possible and easy. Just sign up for our free cyber alert emails. We take the guesswork out of knowing what's going on with kids and technology. We provide the essentials that parents, grandparents, and adults working with children should know in today's digital world. Just visit yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio and sign up today. Wow, can you believe that summer is getting ready to wrap up and school's going to start soon, whether in person, online, or a combination of both? And with all the talk about a second wave of COVID-19, you know, it's entirely possible that your kids may spend more time on their devices this fall than you would like. So now's a good time to tackle a tricky topic. It's actually a question I get asked a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean in person, in emails, and I've honestly been asked this question by just about every TV news anchor across the country. And I've been on over 50 TV stations. 
So this is a pretty important topic, and it's one that sometimes sends us parents, especially us moms that have girls, into a downward spiral of conflicting emotions and some serious anxiety. Now, you may be thinking, what topic or question could possibly do that? You know, beside the birds and the bees topic, that is. But that's not the topic. So here, is, here it is. Here's the question I get asked. Shouldn't my kids have privacy? Now, sometimes it doesn't come as direct as that. It, the questions usually phrase something like, you know, hey, Lisa, how do I balance privacy for my kids with protection and oversight? Or, you know, I have a daughter who's 15. You know, should I really be snooping and looking at her text messages? You know, it's all the same questions. They're asking me, should how much privacy should their kids have? Now, I know, I get it. I have four kids. Two are girls and two are boys. And I know that once our kids reach the teen years, you know, they're inching away from us. They're building their own independence. And, and that's what we want as parents. We want them to be independent. But I also know that it's tricky and painful. You know, we want them to grow up and make good decisions. And we also know that sometimes that involves making mistakes and learning the hard way, right? I mean, I know I had to learn things the hard way sometimes. My parents would say something and I would do the opposite and I would figure out, oh yeah, you know, they might not be too dumb after all. But the problem today is with technology, letting your kids learn things the hard way or letting them just go off on their own and make mistakes can have disastrous and sometimes deadly consequences. Now, this is my response to the question, you know, how much privacy, how do I balance privacy? This is my response and it has always been my response. And this response is not gonna be popular with everyone and not everyone's gonna agree. But you know, that's one of the great things about having kids is that we can listen to others and then we can take what we feel is best for our family and our kids and forget about the rest. But I'm going to give you my expert opinion and just what I've done with, with our kids. So when it comes to technology, their phones, computers, tablets, and anything online, including all social media accounts, my kids should have no expectation of privacy. None, zero, nada, zilch. Because in our house, there is no such thing as privacy in those areas, period. Now, you may be thinking, hey, you know, that's easy for you to say. You're a tech expert. I'm going to be honest. That's not the main reason why I say that, although it is one. My biggest reasons come from talking to the parents who've lost a child that was bullied and they committed suicide or talking to the parents whose young girl was kidnapped by someone they met online and she's still gone, they haven't found her. Or the teenager whose life was upended when they decided to buy drugs on the dark web last year for their homecoming party and their friends, and one of their friends died because the drugs they bought and gave everybody were laced with deadly chemicals. I mean, I could sit with you for hours and tell you stories from hurting parents and families and young adults who wish they could go back in time and make a different decision or wish they could go back in time and say, I wish my parents would have been more strict with me. 
Believe it or not, some kids do say that. And while you'll hear some family advocacy groups and companies say, hey, let them use social media and don't pry unless you notice something out of line. Or my favorite one that I've read and actually seen this come out of the mouth of quote unquote experts. The whole predator thing on social media and online is way overblown. Look, I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you and I'm going to be honest with you. These companies aren't telling you the truth. Yes, the media does hype things up. Just looking at the current world situation that we're in right now and some of the headlines that are out there, I mean, everyone can agree and see that. It's crazy. But the companies telling you that you shouldn't be worried about your kids using social media and downplaying the dangers and the dangers of strangers and predators, well, I got to tell you, these companies are getting money from the tech companies, and they're, they aren't going to bite the hand that feeds them. Now, there are several very prominent 501c3s who are dishing out parental advice about technology that are almost entirely supported by the big tech companies, including Facebook and Snapchat. Now, when someone is giving millions of dollars to a company, there is no way that company is going to intentionally report or post anything that's going to upset that donor, let alone have them discontinue their annual support, especially when they're giving millions of dollars. Now, the problem with all of this is that your kids get caught in the minefield of social media. So... What I want to talk about is if you have kids that don't have phones yet and school's coming up and you're thinking about getting getting them a phone, we refer to these kids as BC kids. You know, that's before phone kids. Here are some tips that can help you prevent the conflicting emotions when it comes to should I should I pry, should I spy, should I monitor, you know, should I give them privacy? So tip number one is set the expectations before you give them their phones that even though the phone is theirs, it's not really their personal property since you are the one paying the bill and they are still a minor that you are responsible for. If you give a kid a phone and you don't tell them that the phone still belongs to you and you're just loaning it to them, they're going to assume that it's their property and they can do what they want with it. Number two, make it very clear that you will have all passwords for their phones and any apps they have on the phone. Number three, explain to them that at any point in time, you can and will look at and through their phones, including their photos and text messages. I would have them confirm that they understand this. So if it were me, I would say something like this. Um, hey, having a phone is a huge responsibility, and I want to make sure that we're on the same page of how this new privilege is going to work. I want you to give me your understanding of how the phone's going to work. You see, you're treating them like an adult, but you're also letting them know that the phone is a privilege. Because guess what, folks? Having a phone is a privilege. It's not a right. It's not a fundamental right, and technically, your kids don't need a phone. Now, if your kids already have a phone, especially a smartphone, here are three of the best things you can do this fall, especially if they're learning virtually and they're on a screen all day, every day. Number one, talk with your kids a lot about social media and what's going on in the world. 
I mean, like talk, 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 talk. I know it's repetitive, but you just have to keep talking. Number two, if your kids have social media, you must have it too. And you have to actively be involved in what they're posting, liking, and following. If you don't have time to do that, honestly, you shouldn't let your kids have the accounts. And number three, have parental controls and monitoring tools on their devices and pay attention to the alerts and reports. It will do you no good to have those things in place and not be looking at what's going on. Now, I would also recommend that you do not let your kids sleep with their phones in their bedrooms or use them as an alarm clock. I know that with younger kids, most parents start out with these rules, but as their kids get older, they seem to let the rules relax, and then before you know it, the no phones in the bedroom overnight rules are gone. And here's why it's important, not just for your kids not to have their phones in their bedroom, but why you shouldn't either. The blue light that our phones emit throws our body's natural sleep cycles out of whack. Now, in case you think this is quack science, the information I'm about to give you comes directly from the Harvard Medical School. So according to Harvard, blue wavelengths, which are beneficial during the daylight hours because they boost attention, reaction, and your mood, well, they seem to be most disruptive at night because it restrains the, the production of melatonin, that's the hormone that controls your sleep-wake cycle. Now, plus, how many of you have had a text message, calendar reminder, or alert go off in the middle of the night and then you couldn't go back to sleep? Yeah, when I travel and the phone is with me, it drives me bonkers. I have to put it in the bathroom so I can't see it or hear it. Now, think about that. Our kids are no different than us. And in fact, they're actually probably more distracted than we are. And it's really up to us to set the standard on this. It used to be the advice was to turn off the screens an hour before bedtime. But according to the updated Harvard Medical School study, you should avoid looking at bright screens. This would be your phones, computers, and televisions beginning two to three hours before bed. Which makes me think maybe there was something to that when you can't fall asleep, grab a book, and it'll help you relax, unwind, and go to sleep. Or why, when our kids are younger, reading a bedtime story helped them go to sleep. So, you know, maybe it's time to bring back the books if your kids can't go to sleep. Have them read a book for a while. Well, I know that parenting in today's digital world is challenging and difficult. And I just want you to remember, we're all in this together. And with a little help, you can do this. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Your Kid's Secret Life with Lisa and Chris Good. To submit your questions, sign up for our free cyber alert emails, or for information on today's show, please go to yourkidssecretlife.com forward slash radio. You can also connect with us on Facebook at Your Kid's Secret Life.